worry about anything but in everything but prayer and petition, with thanksgiving, let your requests be made known to God, and the peace of God, which passes all understanding, shall keep your hearts and minds through Christ Jesus, Philippians chapter 4, verses 6 and 7. Thanks for listening today. This is the Hour of Intercession. I'm Pastor Joseph Parker. We invite you to look with us in the Gospel of Mark, chapter 16, beginning at verse 1. Now, when the Sabbath was passed, Mary Magdalene, Mary the mother of James, and Salome bought spices that they might come and anoint him. Very early in the morning, on the first day of the week, they came to the tomb when the sun had risen, and they said among themselves, Who will roll away the stone from the door of the tomb for us? But when they looked up, they saw that the stone had been rolled away, for it was very large. And entering the tomb, they saw a young man clothed in a long white robe, sitting on the right side, and they were alarmed. But he said to them, Do not be alarmed. You seek Jesus of Nazareth, who was crucified. He is risen. He is not here. See the place where they laid him. But go, tell his disciples and Peter that he is going before you into Galilee. There you will see him, as he said to you. So they went out quickly and fled from the tomb, for they trembled and were amazed, and they said nothing to anyone, for they were afraid. Now when he rose early on the first day of the week, he appeared first to Mary Magdalene, out of whom he had cast seven demons. She went and told those who had been with him, as they mourned and wept. And when they heard that he was alive and had been seen by her, they did not believe After that, he appeared in another form to two of them as they walked and went into the country. And they went and told it to the rest, but they did not believe them either. Later, he appeared to the eleven as they sat at the table, and he rebuked their unbelief and hardness of heart because they did not believe those who had seen him after he had risen. And he said to them, Go into all the world and preach the gospel to every creature. He who believes and is baptized will be saved, but he who does not believe will be condemned. And these signs will follow those who believe. In my name they will cast out demons. They will speak with new tongues. They will take up serpents, and if they drink anything deadly, it will by no means hurt them. They will lay hands on the sick, and they will recover. So then, after the Lord had spoken to them, he was received up into heaven and sat down on the right hand of God. And they went out and preached everywhere, the Lord working with them and confirming the word through the accompanying signs. Amen. All of Mark chapter 16. Father, we thank you once again for the glorious and wonderful and grace-filled story of the resurrection of our Lord and Savior, Jesus Christ. Thank you, Lord, for the wonderful and blessed gift of eternal life. And thank you for the opportunity to know you to be able to walk with you, to be able to serve you. Father, during this season of the year, Father, thank you for the special way in which so many are reminded of the wonderful gift of salvation and and thank you for the opportunity we have in a unique way to proclaim the gospel and people often having a unique openness to hearing the gospel. Stir us as your church to be about the work of sharing the gospel freely in our lives and as a lifestyle not just during this season of the year, but more and more teach us and empower us to be believers who are living a lifestyle of evangelism and discipleship everywhere we go. 
Thank you for this opportunity. In Jesus' name we do pray. Amen. You're listening to the Hour of Intercession. Rick Robertson is our producer. He's going to lead us in a word of prayer. Father, we're thoughtful today of those who were involved in the storms, those who lost loved ones during the uh, tornadoes that came through Mississippi and Alabama, other areas. God, we pray that you would be near to those who are hurting, that you would heal them quickly, Father. Those who've lost loved ones, who've lost homes, God, we we cry out to you on their behalf that you would minister to their souls, that you would draw near to them, that people around them would see a peace in them that would uh, cause them to ask about the peace that is within them. Give them strength, Father. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. 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 Thank you, Rick. And thank you again for being a part of our listening family. And uh, as we often do, I'm going to share an article uh, that's... uh, basically a discipleship tool. And once again, if you'd like to get a copy, we encourage you to email us. My email is joseph at afr.net. Again, that's joseph at afr.net. Uh, the title of this article is Marriage is God's Way. And uh, let me say one more word of prayer. Father, I too thank you and praise you for the opportunity for us to lift up those, as Rick prayed, the families that were affected by the storms in Mississippi and in a, a number of other places as well. Father, engulf them in your Holy Spirit of comfort and grace. Lord, help them to draw closer to you, closer to one another. And Lord, help us as the church to rise up and be your hands and feet in helping in those communities in all the ways you'd have us to. Help us to uh, generously share the gospel. Help us to generously reach out uh, with helping to meet the needs of the people in those communities. Help us to generously be a part of helping to rebuild in all the ways you'd have us to. But just, Lord, Pour your spirit of healing, mercy, and grace, and encouragement and comfort upon all of these communities. Engulf them in your Holy Spirit. And let your spirit minister the minds and hearts and the lives of the people according to your perfect will. Lord, do a perfect work in such a way that only you can do in the hearts and the lives of all these peoples and these communities that were heavily affected by the weather as well. In Jesus' name we do pray. Amen. Again, the title of this particular article, Marriage is God's Way. Hebrews 13, verse 4, Marriage should be honored by all, and the marriage bed kept pure. For God will judge the adulterer and all the sexually immoral. Uh Uh-oh, not again. As the new pastor of the church, I had serious concerns over something I'd seen in the church directory. The names of two members, let's call them Mr. Brown and Ms. Rice, were in different places in the directory, but under each name was the same address. A mistake, perhaps? Or, I thought, hopefully, maybe a coincidence with some innocent explanation. But alas, this was not the case. Soon I learned a truth I really did not want to hear. Mr. Brown and Ms. Rice were living together, functioning as husband and wife, but without being married. They had lived together for many years and had a number of children together, Still, for whatever reason, they had never chosen to marry. I knew this was not a matter to rush into headlong. It needed to be addressed prayerfully and carefully with the clear wisdom and counsel of the Holy Spirit. And quite honestly, I found myself dragging my feet about dealing with it. Ms. Rice was attending faithfully and was very attentive in church, and Mr. Brown came as well, though not as regularly as Ms. Rice. It appeared that, at least on some level, they were truly seeking God and His righteousness. Why shake things up? 
But over time, the Holy Spirit kept nudging me to speak to the couple about their cohabitation. My reluctance, my, excuse me, my reluctance to act on that nudge stemmed in part from an incident a few years earlier when I was serving a different congregation and a similar situation came to light. In that case, two people in key leadership positions in the church were living together, unmarried, and I felt led to confront them. So carefully, biblically, and with love, I approached them and tried to communicate that as believers, it's important for us to do things God's way. Without going into detail, let me say that my attempt at biblical diplomacy failed. The two individuals were highly offended, and with significant support from others in the church, they took action, and in a very short time, I was no longer the pastor of that church. Now, facing a similar case, part of me felt I had good reason to decide not to touch touch it with a 10-foot pole. Still, the Holy Spirit was definitely directing me otherwise. Then one day, a few days later, the Lord arranged a chance for me to speak with Ms. Rice. I had hoped to meet with the couple together, but that scenario didn't work out that day. Instead, my wife and I had an opportunity to sit and quietly talk with her alone. Now, allow me to be clear on this point. People are too precious to be handled roughly or abrasively, even when we're giving them truth. God's Word directs us, speak the truth in love. So the three of us spoke together, calmly and earnestly, and when it came to confronting Ms. Rice, basically, what I said was, Sister Rice, you come to church regularly and faithfully. You're very attentive, and you seem to have a genuine love for the Lord and the things of God. Yet I want to graciously bring this issue before you to consider. Why not do things God's way and marry? To be honest, I didn't know what reaction to expect, whether whether offense, anger, or something else. Initially, Ms. Rice sat graciously and quietly, saying nothing. She seemed to be thinking deeply about my words, and it was as though I could see her heart in her eyes, which were shining with the tears forming there. The first thing she said was, How did you know? After I explained briefly about the quote-unquote coincidence of their addresses in the directory, we began to talk further. Afterward, an ongoing three-way conversation developed between Ms. Rice, my wife, and me, during which I learned that Ms. Rice and Mr. Brown had lived together for more than 20 years, raising their children together and functioning as a family. I wanted to marry, but we just never did, Ms. Rice confessed one day, confessed in that situation. But now she added, I really think I want to do this, to make this step. It was decided that my wife and I would talk to Mr. Brown about the matter soon, first alone, then with him and Ms. Rice together. When the four of us met together, Mr. Brown, too, seemed open to getting married at last. I reminded the couple that it was their decision to make together, but I urged them that it would be wise to take this step and to take it fairly soon, possibly within the next month or two. I felt certain that postponing the decision indefinitely or deciding but relegating the act itself to a vague, quote-unquote, sometime in the future would be neither helpful nor fruitful. The two of them decided that, yes, they would marry, and they selected a date, opting for a relatively short, quote-unquote, engagement. They did go through a series of counseling we provided for them. The two seemed surprisingly excited, especially Ms. Rice. Her demeanor seemed to be more like that of a 20-year-old virgin bride-to-be than of an unmarried matron who has already shared a home with the father of her children for more than two decades. The date arrived, and the wedding was beautiful. Their three daughters were in the wedding party, and as I watched their proud procession, 
I could not help thinking what a positive message and life lesson this was to the three children from their parents. A number of other relatives were either in the wedding or present to witness the momentous occasion. One of Ms. Rice's sisters said that she had been praying for that day for years. Of course, I personally felt privileged not only to witness the wedding, but also to perform the ceremony. I remember distinctly during those precious moments of the solemnization, hearing the t- seeing the tears of joy streaming down Ms. Rice's face. I believe those were tears that flowed from her heart that was seeing a long-awaited dream fulfilled. Praise God. Besides making a public affirmation of their lifelong commitment to one another, those unconventional newlyweds also sent a very powerful message out that day, not only to their family, but to the entire community. Marriage, as God ordained it, is more than a domestic arrangement, more than a quote-unquote civil union, and far more than something two people just decide to do or not to do, depending on their emotional attachment or personal convenience. Marriage done according to the word and will of God is a blessed and honorable estate. It is an act of community and of communion designed to reflect the mystery of God's divine love for his people, even as it establishes a family within his kingdom. And although some might argue that the ceremony was superfluous, no one looking upon the radiant face of the bride that day would have needed to ask whether, even after more than 20 years, marriage really matters. It does because God meant for it to matter. As tough as that confrontation was, I'll never forget having spoken to the couple now known as Mr. and Mrs. Brown. Christians must not only be willing, but lovingly aggressive when it comes to sharing God's word and his truth with others. And we must encourage others to live by God's wisdom. The word reveals to us the heart of God who always wants the best for his children, which is why God's way is always the best way to do anything. Again, the title of that article, Marriage is God's Way. And if you'd like to get a copy, simply email us at joseph at afr.net. We'll be glad to share it with you. Again, joseph at afr.net. We'll be right back for Reading Through the Word. Music of C.C. Winans with 
comforter. Thanks for listening to the Hour of Intercession here on American Family Radio. We pick up now reading through the Word of God as we begin Deuteronomy chapter 26, beginning at verse 1. And it shall be when you come into the land which the Lord your God is giving you as an inheritance, and you possess it and dwell in it, that you shall take some of the first of all the produce of the ground which you shall bring from your land that the Lord your God is giving you and put it in a basket and go to the place where the Lord your God chooses to make his name abide. And you shall go to the one who is priest in those days and say to him, I declare today that the Lord your God, that I have come to the country which the Lord swore to our fathers to give us. Then the priest shall take the basket out of your hand and set it down before the altar of the Lord your God, and you shall answer and say before the Lord your God, My father was a Syrian, about to perish, and he went down to Egypt and dwelt there, few in number, and there he became a nation, great, and mi- great mighty, and populous. But the Egyptians mistreated us, afflicted us, and laid hard bondage on us. Then we cried out to the Lord God of our fathers, and the Lord heard our voice, and looked on our affliction and our labor and our oppression. So the Lord brought us out of Egypt with a mighty hand and with an outstretched arm, with great terror and with signs and wonders. He has brought us to this place and has given us this land, a land flowing with milk and honey. And now, behold, I have brought the firstfruits of the land which you, O Lord, have given me. Then you shall set it before the Lord your God and worship before the Lord your God. So you shall rejoice in every good thing which the Lord your God has given to you and your house, you and the Levite and the stranger who is among you. When you have finished laying aside all the tithe of your increase in the third year, the year of tithing, and have given it to the Levite, the stranger, the fatherless, and the widow, so that they may eat within your gates and be filled. Then you shall say before the Lord your God, I have removed the holy tithe from my house and also have given them to the Levite, the stranger, the fatherless, and the widow, according to all your commandments which you have commanded me. I have not transgressed your commandments, nor have I forgotten them. I have not eaten any of it when in mourning, nor have I removed any of it for an unclean use, nor given any of it, excuse me, nor given any of it for the dead. I have obeyed the voice of the Lord my God and have done according to all that you have commanded me. Look down from your holy habitation from heaven and bless your people Israel and the land which you have given us, just as you swore to our fathers, a land flowing with milk and honey. This day the Lord your God commands you to observe these statutes and judgments. Therefore you shall be careful to observe them with all your heart and with all your soul. Today you have proclaimed the Lord to be your God and that you will walk in his ways and keep his statutes, his commandments and his judgments, and that you will obey his voice. Also today the Lord has proclaimed you to be his special people, just as he promised you, 
that you should keep all his commandments and that he will set you high above all nations which he has made in praise, in name, and in honor, and that you may be a holy people to the Lord your God, just as he has spoken. Deuteronomy chapter 27. Now Moses with the elders of Israel commanded the people saying, keep all the commandments which I command you today, and it shall be on the day when you cross over the Jordan to the land which the Lord your God is giving you, that you shall set up for yourselves large stones and whitewash them with lime. You shall write on them all the words of this law when you have crossed over, that you may enter the land which the Lord your God is giving you, a land flowing with milk and honey, just as the Lord God of your fathers promised you. Therefore it shall be, when you have crossed over the Jordan, that on Mount Ebal you shall set up these stones, which I command you today, and you shall whitewash them with lime. And there you shall build an altar to the Lord your God, an altar of stones. You shall not use an iron tool on them. You shall build with whole stones the altar of the Lord your God, and offer burnt offerings on it to the Lord your God. You shall offer peace offerings, and shall eat there, and rejoice before the Lord your God, and you shall write very plainly on the stones all the words of this law. Then Moses and the priests, the Levites, spoke to all Israel, saying, Take heed and listen, O Israel. This day you have become the people of the Lord your God. Therefore you shall obey the voice of the Lord your God, and observe his commandments and his statutes, which I command you today. And Moses commanded the people on the same day, saying, These shall stand on Mount Gerizim to bless the people when you have crossed over the Jordan. Simeon, Levi, Judah, Issachar, Joseph, and Benjamin. And these shall stand on Mount Ebal to curse. Reuben, Gad, Asher, Zebulun, Dan, and Naphtali. And the Levites shall speak with a loud voice and say to all the men of Israel, Cursed is the one who makes a carved or molded image, an abomination to the Lord, the work of the hands of the craftsmen, and set it up in secret. And all the people shall answer and say, Amen. Cursed is the one who treats his father or his mother with contempt. And all the people shall say, Amen. Cursed is the one who moves his neighbor's landmark, and all the people shall say, Amen. Cursed is the one who makes the blind to wander off the road, and all the people shall say, Amen. Cursed is the one who perverts the justice due to do the stranger, the fatherless and widow, and all the people shall say, Amen. Cursed is the one who lies with his father's wife, because he has uncovered his father's bed, and all the people shall say, Amen. Curses the one who lies with any kind of animal, and all the people shall say, Amen. Curses the one who lies with his sister, the daughter of his father, or the daughter of his mother, and all the people shall say, Amen. 
Cursed is the one who lies with his mother-in-law, and all the people shall say, Amen. Cursed is the one who attacks his neighbor secretly, and all the people shall say, Amen. Cursed is the one who takes a bribe to slay an innocent person, and all the people shall say, Amen. Cursed is the one who does not confirm all the words of this law by observing them, and all the people shall say, Amen. Deuteronomy chapter 28. Now it shall come to pass, if you diligently obey the voice of the Lord your God, to observe carefully all his commandments, which I command you today, that the Lord your God shall that the Lord your God will set you high above all nations of the earth, and all these blessings shall come upon you and overtake you, because you obey the voice of the Lord your God. Blessed shall you be in the city, and blessed shall you be in the country. Blessed shall be the fruit of your body, the produce of your ground, and the increase of your herds, the increase of your cattle, and the offspring of your flocks. Blessed shall be your basket and your kneading bowl. Blessed shall you be when you come in, excuse me, blessed shall you be when you come in, and blessed shall you be when you go out. The Lord will cause your enemies who rise against you to be defeated before your face. They shall come out against you one way and flee before you seven ways. The Lord will command the blessing on you in your storehouses and in all to which you set your hand. And he will bless you in the land which the Lord your God is giving you. The Lord will establish you as a holy people to himself, just as he has sworn to you. If you keep the commandments of the Lord your God and walk in his ways, then all peoples of the earth shall see that you are called by the name of the Lord, and they shall be afraid of you. And the Lord will grant you plenty of goods in the fruit of your body, in the increase of your livestock, and in the produce of your ground, in the, in the land of which the Lord swore to your fathers to give you. The Lord will open to you his good treasure, the heavens, to give the rain to your land in its season, and to bless all the work of your hand. You shall, you shall lend to many nations, but you shall not borrow. And the Lord will make you the head and not the tail. You shall be above only and not be beneath. If you heed the commandments of the Lord your God, which I command you today, and are careful to observe them, so you shall not turn aside from any of the words which I command you this day, to the right or the left, to go after other gods to serve them. But it shall come to pass... If you do not obey the voice of the Lord your God to observe carefully all his commandments and his statutes, which I command you today, that all these curses will come upon you and overtake you. Cursed shall you be in the city, and cursed shall you be in the country. Cursed shall be your basket and your kneading bowl. Cursed shall be the fruit of your body and the produce of your land, the increase of your cattle and the offspring of your flocks. Cursed shall you be when you come in, and cursed shall you be when you go out. The Lord will send on you cursing, 
confusion and rebuke in all that you set your hand to do until you are destroyed and until you perish quickly because of the wickedness of your doings in which you have forsaken me. The Lord will make the plague cling to you until he has consumed you from the land which you are going to possess. The Lord will strike you with consumption, with fever, with inflammation, with severe burning fever, with the sword, with scorching, and with mildew. They shall pursue you until you perish, and your heavens which are over your head shall be bronze, and the earth which is under you shall be iron. The Lord will change the rain from your land to powder and dust. From the heaven it shall come down on you until you are destroyed. The Lord will cause you to be defeated before your enemies. You shall go out one way against them and flee seven ways before them. And you shall become troublesome to all the kingdoms of the earth. Your carcasses shall be food for all the birds of the air and the beasts of the earth, and no one shall frighten them away. The Lord will strike you with the boils of Egypt, with tumors, with the scab, and with the itch, from which you cannot be healed. The Lord will strike you with, with madness and blindness and confusion of heart, and you shall grope at noonday as a blind man gropes in darkness. You shall not prosper in your ways. You shall be only oppressed and plundered continually, and no one shall save you. You shall betroth a wife, but another man will lie with her. You shall build a house, but you shall not dwell in it. You shall plant a vineyard, but shall not gather its grapes. Your ox shall be slaughtered before your eyes, but you shall not eat of it. Your donkey shall be violently taken away from before you, and you shall not, and excuse me, and shall not be restored to you. Your sheep shall be given to your enemies, and you shall have no one to rescue them. Your sons and your daughters shall be given to another people, and your eyes shall look and fail with longing for them all day long, and there shall be no strength in your hand. A nation whom you have not known shall eat the fruit of your land and the produce of your labor, and you shall be only oppressed and crushed continually. You shall be driven mad because of the sight which your eyes see. The Lord will strike you in the knees and on the legs with severe boils which cannot be healed, and from the sole of your foot to the top of your head. The Lord will bring you and the king whom you and the king whom you set over you to a nation which neither you nor your fathers have known. Verses 1 through 35, Deuteronomy chapter 28. You're listening to the Hour of Intercession as we continue reading through the Word of God. We'll be right back. Showing me. Some days it'll lift you up. 
Some days it'll call you bluff Man, most of my days I ain't got enough Toby Mack with I Just Need You. Thanks for listening to the Hour of Intercession here on American Family Radio. We pick up now reading in the New Testament, the Gospel of John, chapter 6, beginning at verse 22. On the following day, when the people who were standing on the other side of the sea saw that there was no one, so that, excuse me, saw that there was no other boat there except that one which his disciples had entered, and that Jesus had not entered the boat with his disciples, but his disciples had gone away alone. However, other boats came from Tiberias, near the place where they ate bread after the Lord had given thanks. When the people therefore saw that Jesus was not there, nor his disciples, they also got into boats and came to Capernaum, seeking Jesus. And when they found him on the other side of the sea, they said to him, Rabbi, When did you come here? Jesus answered them and said, Most assuredly, I say to you, you seek me, not because you saw the signs, but because you ate of the loaves and were filled. Do not labor for the food which perishes, but for the food which endures to everlasting life, which the Son of Man will give you, because God the Father has set his seal on him. Then they said to him, What shall we do that we may work the works of God? Jesus answered and said to them, This is the work of God, that you believe in him whom he sent. Therefore they said to him, What sign will you perform then, that we may see it and believe you? What work will you do? Our fathers ate the manna in the desert. 
As it is written, he gave them bread from heaven to eat. Then Jesus said to them, Most assuredly, I say to you, Moses did not give you the bread from heaven, but my Father gives you the true bread from heaven. For the bread of God is he who comes down from heaven and gives life to the world. Then they said to him, Lord, give us this bread always. And Jesus said to them, I am the bread of life. He who comes to me shall never hunger, and he who believes in me shall never thirst. But I said to you that you have seen me and yet do not believe. All that the Father gives me will come to me, and the one who comes to me I will by no means cast out. For I have come down from heaven, not to do my own will, but the will of him who sent me. This is the will of the Father who sent me, that of all he has given me I should lose nothing, but should raise it up at the last day. And this is the will of him who sent me, that everyone who sees the Son and believes in him may have everlasting life, and I will raise him up at the last day. The Jews then complained about him, because he said, I am the bread which came down from heaven. And they said, Isn't Is not this Jesus, the son of Joseph, whose father and mother we know? How is it that, excuse me, how is it then that he says, I have come down from heaven? Jesus therefore answered and said to them, Do not murmur among yourselves. No one can come to me unless the Father who sent me draws him, and I will raise him up at the last day. It is written in the prophets, and they shall all be taught by God. Therefore, everyone who has heard and learned from the Father comes to me. Not that anyone has seen the Father, except he who is from God. He has seen the Father. Most assuredly, I say to you, he who believes in me has everlasting life. I am the bread of life. Your fathers ate the manna in the wilderness and are dead. This is the bread which comes down from heaven, that one may eat of it and not die. I am the living bread which came down from heaven. If anyone eats of this bread, he will live forever. And the bread that I shall give is my flesh, which I shall give for the life of the world. The Jews therefore quarreled among themselves, saying, How can this man give us his flesh to eat? Then Jesus said to them, Most assuredly, I say to you, unless you eat the flesh of the Son of Man and drink his blood, you have no life in you. Whoever eats my flesh and drinks my blood has eternal life, and I will raise him up at the last day. For my flesh is food indeed, and my blood is drink indeed. He who eats my flesh and drinks my blood abides in me, and I in him. As the living Father sent me, and I live because of the Father, so he who feeds on me will live because of me. This is the bread which came down from heaven, not as your fathers ate the manna and are dead. He who eats this bread will live forever. These things he said in the synagogue, as he taught in Capernaum. Therefore many of his disciples, when they heard this, said, This is a hard saying. 
Who can understand it? When Jesus knew in himself that his disciples complained about this, he said to them, Does this offend you? What then if you should see the Son of Man ascend where he was before? It is the Spirit who gives life. The flesh profits nothing. The words that I speak to you are spirit and they are life. But there are some of you who do not believe. For Jesus knew from the beginning who they were who did not believe and who would betray him. And he said, Therefore I have said to you that no one can come to me unless it has been granted to him by my Father. From that time, many of his disciples went back and walked with him no more. Then Jesus said to the twelve, Do you also want to go away? But Simon Peter answered him, Lord, to whom shall we go? You have the words of eternal life. Also he, also we have come to believe and know that you are the Christ, the Son of the living God. Jesus answered them, Did I not choose you, the twelve, and one of you is a devil? He spoke of Judas Iscariot, the son of Simon, for it was he who would betray him, being one of the twelve. John chapter 7. After these things, Jesus, excuse me, after these things, Jesus walked in Galilee, for he did not want to walk in Judea, because the Jews sought to kill him. Now the Jews' feast of tabernacles was at hand. His brothers therefore said to him, Depart from here and go into Judea, that your disciples may that your disciples also may see the works that you are doing. For no one does anything in secret while he himself seeks to be known openly. If you do these things, show yourself to the world, for even his brothers did not believe in him. Then Jesus said to them, My time has not yet come, but your time is always ready. The world cannot hate you, but it hates me because I testify of it that its works are evil. You go up to this feast. You go up to this feast. I'm not yet going up to this feast, for my time has not yet fully come. When he had said these things to them, he remained in Galilee. But when his brothers had gone up, but when his brothers had gone up, then he also went up to the feast, not openly, but as it were in secret. Then the Jews sought him at the feast and said, Where is he? And there was much complaining among the people concerning him. Some said, He is good. Others said, No. On the contrary, he deceives the people. However, no one spoke openly of him for fear of the Jews. Now about in the middle of the feast, Jesus went up into the temple and taught. And the Jews marveled, saying, How does this, how does this man know letters, having never studied? Jesus answered them and said, My doctrine is not mine, but his who sent me. If anyone wills to do his will, he shall know concerning the doctrine, whether it is from God or whether I speak on my own authority. He who speaks from himself seeks his own glory, but he who seeks the glory of the one who sent him is true, 
and no unrighteousness is in him. Did not Moses give you the law, yet none of you keeps the law? Why do you seek to kill me? The people answered and said, You have a demon. Who is seeking to kill you? Jesus answered and said to them, I did one work, and you all marvel. Moses therefore gave you circumcision, not that it is from Moses, but from the fathers. And you circumcise a man on the Sabbath. If a man receives circumcision on the Sabbath, so that the law of Moses should not be broken, are you angry with me because I made a man com completely well on the Sabbath? Do not judge according to appearance, but judge with, but judge with righteous judgment. Verses 1 through 24, John chapter 7. Well, as we usually do before we end the broadcast, if you are listening today and you've never made the life-changing, all-important decision of inviting Jesus Christ, asking Jesus Christ to come into your heart to be the Lord and Savior of your life, today, this day, is a wonderful day, a great day to commit your heart and life to the Lord. If you'd like to make that all-important step, step, would you simply pray this prayer from your heart right now as the Lord listens? Lord Jesus, thank you, Lord, for loving me so much that you came to this world a long time ago. You lived your life. You died on the cross to pay for all of our sins. Three days later, you rose up from the dead so that we could be saved. Lord, I confess, I've sinned and I've done wrong in many, many ways. Lord, by faith, I repent and turn from all the wrong I've done. Forgive me, Lord, for all the wrong things I've done. Lord Jesus, come into my heart. Be the Lord and Savior of my life. In the Bible, you told us, whoever calls on the name of the Lord shall be saved. Lord, today, I'm calling on your name. Lord, save me. Fill me with your spirit. Help me to live my whole life following after you. Thank you, Lord, for saving me. In Jesus' name we do pray. Amen. Well, if you prayed that prayer, we were, are very much wanting to be in contact with you. My email is joseph at afr.net. Again, that's joseph at afr.net. Again, we'd like to be in touch with you. I want to share with you some literature and resources discipleship materials that will help you to begin to grow and grow strong and grow deep in your new walk with the Lord Jesus Christ. We certainly hope to hear from you. Again, my email, joseph at afr.net. We hope to hear from you. Once again, if you wanted to get a copy of the article we shared earlier, the article entitled, Marriage is God's Way, same email, joseph at afr.net. Just ask for the title again, Marriage is God's Way, that article. Again, it's our honor to share it with you. Our goal is that you and I will work together to be fellow workers in the work of doing the work of evangelism and discipleship. We hope to hear from you. Once again, my email, joseph at afr.net. Please continue to pray much with us for the ministry, the Pregnancy Care and Hope Center ministry. We appreciate your prayers. Thanks for listening. Join us again next time for the Hour of Intercession.
The views and opinions expressed in this broadcast do not necessarily reflect those of the American Family Association or American Family Radio.